I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana K. White. I blog over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 270. What? Yes, 270. And I think I'm going to call it reclaiming your space for good. Hmm, we'll see. Anyway, um, I am talking with just the most lovely of people. And I have to kind of warn you guys that when I talk to somebody with an accent that's different than mine. I have a really hard time not wanting to change my accent to match theirs as best I can. It's like a real challenge. I'm telling you, it is a real challenge. And I only did it one time. I did it one time in this episode because I tried to say garage with a New Zealand accent. And I don't even think I did a very good job but I, I tried the, you know, the garage thing anyway, like I, this is a really good session. So, um, we are talking about, um, I mean, you guys creative souls. Oh yeah. Yeah. She's one. So, uh, you're going to love her. And, um, we're talking about basically reclaiming the space that you envisioned being your artistic workspace or whatever it is in your home, um, that you thought when you moved in, that's what the space is going to be. And then somehow instead it turns into storage space eventually. Anyway, so we're talking about that and a lot of things around it. And I, I just, it was a really good session. So just forgive my bad New Zealand accent for one word. You guys, the fact that I only did one word is kind of amazing. Anyway, before we get going to though, I wanted to tell you about two things. One of them I will go into detail about at the end of the podcast, but because it won't interest all of you, but I'm going to tell you right now. Um, I get emails from people on the regular asking, how do I write a book? How do I start out as a writer? All that kind of stuff. And that is something that I love talking about, but I simply cannot... I mean, it, it, there's just a lot to it. I mean, like it's, there's no short answer. Um, so what I'm going to be doing, and I'm not sure exactly when, anyway, I'll tell you more about it. If you are somebody who wants to know more about my writing journey, listen at the end, I'll explain what it is that I'm going to do. Okay. Um, the other thing too, is I am running a sale on my digital products. Okay. So this includes years one through three of the blog in ebook form. Um, it includes my printable housekeeping checklist ebook, which is much prettier than what you can get for free on the blog. It includes 14 days to opening your front door to guests. Not that we're all having guests right now, but you still might be able to really, really get something from it. I think you will. Um, it includes teaching kids to clean and also the audiobook version of giving God the worst of me. So anyway, all of those are 50% off at least 
through the end of this month. I'm not for sure when I'm going to stop that. But just um, so you maybe understand, let me tell you what the coupon code is. Coupon code is plumbing. That's right. Use the coupon code plumbing to get 50% off on any of those. You can go to a slobcomesclean.com slash products, P-R-O-D-U-C-T-S products. Uh, and that will have those listed there and you can go find those. Use the code plumbing, get 50% off on any of those. Okay. Um, Cause we need money to pay back our emergency fund for the plumbing that we had fixed anyway. Okay. So here we go. I think you guys are really, really, really going to enjoy this session. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. This is really fun. I want you to tell me a little bit about who you are, what your unique life looks like. Okay. Um, my name is Julianne. I'm from New Zealand. Um, I'm a Jill of all trades and I, and I live accordingly. So um, I, my daughter lives with me. She's a university student. Basically, she's trying to achieve the best marks that she can get. So she does very little around the house. <laughs> and um, so I'm kind of, well, yeah, I'm kind of that mum. Completely understand. Yeah. And um, I have a background in design. Design has always been the main thing I've done in my life ever since um, I was a commercial artist when I left school. And I've, even though I've tried other jobs, I've always come back to design. Tell us about, um, you put in your your survey that we did before this, I want to hear about your design being on something very significant. So tell us about it. Okay. Well, it's my big claim to fame, except that people don't even know it's me. Um, <laughs> when Madonna did her sticky and sweet tour, there were many, many photographs of her holding open her jacket and her leather jacket on, an, on the inside was written Madonna. And that was written with my font. My font is called Jill's Love. And it features hearts and it. it becomes very popular on Valentine's Day. Thousands and thousands of people have downloaded and used it, including Madonna. So it's that free is, for personal use. That is so cool. So mm. your mm -hmm. font that you designed. So do you have beautiful handwriting, I guess? Um, well, actually, yeah, that particular font had hearts in it. It, it kind of had hearts with radiating hearts and, and the Keith Haring style. But yes, I also, my, my handwriting font also is everywhere. That is called Jules Writing. Uh, also Jules Tereo. I believe Ribbit have it. A few places online have it that, that have bought licenses to use it. And yeah, that is my particular handwriting, which is really ironic because when I grew up, I was the one with messy handwriting that was always getting told off. And now so many people around the world actually type out in my handwriting. I so, love that. Do you, have funny. you ever been able to tell your elementary teachers about this? Um, no, I, I don't know <laughs> where they are. They were all ancient. They're probably all passed away now. <laughs> I was the kid, one of the kids, I'm sure there were others, but every, like my report card was always great except for handwriting needs improvement, Ooh. whatever. And I mean, my mother tried so hard to get me to improve that. And that was always a big struggle. So that's really, that's amazing to me. That's exciting that, I mean, what was it that took you to having beautiful handwriting after having struggled with it? Do you know? Oh, it's, I don't know. I, it's just kind of quirky and girlish. And, you know, there was that trend for handwritten designs 
that started maybe in the 2000s. And that's when I was learning computer stuff and I was learning how to do websites. And I decided, I actually had a dream that there was a million and one fonts to choose from. And I had a really hard decision making fonts. I mean, choosing fonts. And then I decided, oh, how hard can it be to design one? So I just started with my own handwriting, really. And back then there weren't programs. I mapped it out in Corel Drawer and you had to match every letter with the letter on the keyboard. It was quite a palaver back in the day. But um, yeah, so I, that's how I sort of got into doing my own handwriting. So it was really just as an experiment and um, just so that I could learn how to make one. But it became very popular. So my daughter is always spotting it in kind of sassy sayings online. And she goes, oh, look, and send it to me. And there's my handwriting saying something really, I don't know, deep and meaningful <laughs> to a 15-year-old. <laughs> I love <laughs> it. <laughs> So, That's yeah. really cool. That's really yeah. fun. My teacher that, a teacher that I worked with my first year teaching, we shared a, a classroom. I had yeah. terrible handwriting. She had beautiful handwriting. Her uncle had written a font at, or created a font at some point. Um, and I just, it was always such a source of frustration to me. <laughs> I admired her handwriting and thought, why does mine have to be right next to hers on the board? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's yeah. really cool. Thank you for sharing. Um, okay, so let's talk about your house. What strategy has made the biggest impact in your home? Well, the biggest impact is definitely the visibility rule. So um, I can, like, my lounge is always amazing because I walk through it, people see it, people come to my kitchen table to learn English from me, and they walk through my lounge. So my lounge is always kept exactly as I like it with the visibility rule. That's good. And we're going to talk about moving beyond that. But I mean, has that been helpful for you? I mean, has that given yeah. you? It's definitely been helpful because I know where to start. Whatever I can see needs to be moved right, or taken away. But that's my problem because I move it to the <laughs> office. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. So the actual <laughs> removal as opposed to just the moving. Yes, got it. Yes. Oh, well, things do get dumped, you know, like a junk mail and things like that. But then there's always something that you kind of need to keep for later because you need to respond to it. So I need to learn how to respond to things immediately, really. But I'm, all, yeah. I'm always, I don't know, busy in a hurry. I understand completely. Yeah. Um, okay, so tell me something else, uh, another strategy that's made a big impact in your house. Well, definitely the container rule. So, um, you know, the container is the bad cop kind of thing. I can't fit anything more in this container. So, um, and then really that's how I've managed to keep my lounge so lovely, my lounge and my kitchen area. And I have some shelving next to where I sit with my students. That's always tidy as well because it's only got a limited number of shelves. So I can keep things containerized there. But yeah, the visibility rule is definitely the king because that is such an obvious thing. It's kind of like, well, duh, you know, I mean, I don't know why I didn't think of it or anyone else didn't think of it, but you thought of it. And it's, <laughs> it makes such amazing sense when you think about it, you know, it's yeah. sort of like, I don't know, how did somebody invent the bicycle? It seems such a logical thing. Well, they just did. Well, I feel <laughs> like for me, logical afterwards, <laughs> I feel like for me, I'm just explaining what organized people know and doesn't need to be explained. They don't know it needs to be explained. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. It was like this, oh, 
yeah, a lot of us don't understand that. We don't understand what it is that y'all are doing with containers. And so Ooh. I'm not, yeah, I didn't invent it. I just explained an actual scientific fact. <laughs> yeah, so. well, it is a scientific fact. I mean, you know, there's so much matter and the matter can only go in such a certain area. Exactly. Got, yeah. But um, it's funny when it's your things in your own house. Yes. It mm. suddenly feels like there should not be any limits. That's, mm. which I consider that a good quality of a lot of us is we don't naturally see limits, you know? Mm. I mean, I'm assuming with you as an artist mm. that you don't see the normal limitations that other people see. You know, you think beyond that. You think, huh, I wonder this. I wonder how I could do this. And, you know, I think it serves us well in other areas of life. And yet this is an area or a reason why that same kind of mentality of not seeing limits can cause, you know, frustrations in our home until we understand it. And then we can put that into place. Let's talk about this episode's sponsor, BetterHelp. Okay, guys, it's the holidays. The holidays are amazing, but they also sometimes cause some struggles. And this is 2020, which means, you know, they might cause some extra struggles. If you are struggling with your mental health, I encourage you to check out BetterHelp. It allows you to connect with a licensed professional counselor from home in a safe and private online environment. This means you can get help on your own time and at your own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. BetterHelp has U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states. If you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, you can request a new one at any time for no additional charge. You can start communicating in under 24 hours, though it is not a crisis line. Your struggles are different from the ones that your neighbors are facing. Through BetterHelp, you have access to a broad expertise in the network so you can address your unique needs. You're not limited to what's available in your local area. And the service is available for clients worldwide. You can check out testimonials posted daily on their site. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available for those who qualify. Best of all, it's a truly affordable option. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash clean. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash clean. So what question would you like to discuss with me? Okay, basically, um, I have now got a great big pile of papers <laughs> in my beautiful but unusable studio office. Um, I had to get it all out to work through it so that uh, it would spark joy. According <laughs> and, to the uh, system, you had to get it all out. System, yes. yes, I had to get it all out in a big pile. So... Um, it's actually, the big pile has now been there for a couple of years. Um, after I did half of it, or maybe quarter of it, when I bought this house, which is actually three years ago I bought it. Yes, I was really excited when I bought it because I thought that I would finally have my dream workspace, you know, like my beautiful sunny studio slash office. But it's not really that usable because I've got this, big pile of paper to walk around every time I'm in there. And the problem is, is that the government, the New Zealand government, bless their little cotton socks, which is the same for every government, I'm sure, says that you have to keep seven years of tax records. So 
tax records, I mean, you've got a, a box per year of tax records and that's quite a lot to keep. So I thought, you know, maybe I should just go and just grab it, put it in the rubbish bin and put, you know, wheel my bin out on Tuesday and never have to think of it again. But I can't because what if I get audited and, you know, where's your tax records? Oh, well, I put them out when I was cleaning my office. You know, that's kind of not really <laughs> what you so, can do. So I know that I do have to tackle it, but it's just I'm, I'm filled with dread. Mm. Okay. Well, let's and talk about it. Go ahead. Mm. I was going to say, and because it's a big pile of really junk, everything else that gets moved from my immaculate lounge gets added to this big pile. So it's not even just papers anymore. It's old clothes that I have to get rid of. It's um, So it's growing. It's growing. Yeah, it's, it's consistently growing. growing. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I completely understand the, you know, a pile, especially a pile of paper. I think paper is more overwhelming than even other things just because paper mm. feels important, especially when you've put that tax word on it. You know I mean? It's like, okay, mm. these are government required. I have to keep mm. these things, you know? Um, okay. So tell me the format that it's in right now. Like, is it one big pile? Where is the pile? Okay. So it's, um, I have actually put some shelving up there on the wall. I have two big desks on there, which I'm, it's spring in New Zealand at the moment. So I'm starting my indoor seedlings for my garden. So they're on a big table along the window. Um, and then, so there's enough space for me to sort of squeeze through, providing I don't put on any weight. <laughs> <laughs> That's another issue. But anyway, there's enough room for me to squeeze through between the pile um, that's in front of the wall with the shelving and the two big long desks with the seedlings on. So they're in the form of, I think they're called banker's boxes. Yes. And each banker's box has a folder with paper. We have to keep them hard copy. So, um, you know, because the government says that I can't tidy my office. <laughs> I mean, what choice do you have, right? <laughs> Exactly. Okay. So you're saying that all the official, official papers are in the banker's boxes. And they are all filed into folders because that's how my accountant had to receive them. It's not like they're big boxes of loose receipts or anything okay. like that. They are all neatly filed. So they're ready to kind of be put somewhere. So I did actually start putting some under my desk in a moment. It took me about three hours to find some of them. I thought, well, I should actually have them under the desk. It's going to be embarrassing if I ever do get a knock on the door. You know, come to my office, boys. You know, it's like, yes. So, so you have seven years of boxes and those boxes are self-contained in and of themselves. Yeah. So there's seven yeah. of them. So the paper pile, what is that? Is it just the pile of the boxes stacked up or is uh, it additional papers? I love the boxes, but they're not very neatly stacked because some of them have a heavy on top of the other ones. So they've crushed the top so okay. of the other boxes. So it's kind of a wobbly pile of boxes. Okay. And your goal is to use this room as a studio. And right now on top of the, yeah. there's two desks in there yeah. and on top of those are the seedlings, correct? Is yeah. that where you would normally want to do the seedlings or are you doing that because um, that room's not good for anything else right now? Yeah, that's probably why I'm doing it, yes. Um, 
ultimately those desks would be work surfaces and also uh, for sewing because I also have my designs on fabric which I which gets sold on Spoonflower. I don't know if you've heard of Spoonflower. Well, Spoonflower is a really cool place where if you're an artist or even if you're not, you can kind of make up these designs and then they can print them. They'll kind of lay them all out so that basically you've got a pattern. So some of my designs have been printed on Spoonflower and then, of course, I have to send away for samples. So, um, yeah, I... I like to sew them and I, I recently upholstered a chair with one of my recurring motifs on it. So I've, oh, that's yeah, so it's, it's my studio slash sewing room slash office. I mean, it really is a, one of those rooms, yes. but it is important that, you know, I, I have the table space so that I can create a, a portfolio of my fabrics. Yes. So that I can. So it's, it's an art studio because an, an art, art studio, studio would cover everything except paper storage and mm. seedling. So yeah. if you were not using this space for the seedlings, where would you put them? Um, well, I actually have a hot box in my garden where I could put them. Uh, I guess I might have them there for a little while, you know, like for the first four weeks of spring, which is in September, October, New Zealand, you know, Southern Hemisphere time. I mean, you're going into autumn or fall, as you call yes. it. We're in, well, we're already in spring, heading into summer. I've actually so, been to New Zealand and it was one of my favorite, favorite places I've ever been. So beautiful. Oh, well, thank you. Well, being such a dot of a place, we just adore it when people say they've been here and like it. So I was there you. for, I think it was almost, it was almost two weeks when I was, um, the year before I got married, I went mm -hmm. with three friends and um, we were just on the North Island. North Island is where Auckland is, correct? Yes, that's yes. right. Yes. So yes, we spent. I'm, I'm from the North Island. It's lovely up there. Mm. So you're on the South Island? Yes, I'm on the South Island. It's a little bit um, faster. We don't have as, as, much, as many, gosh, believe it or not, I'm an English teacher. We don't, have, <laughs> <I understand. laughs> we don't have such a dense population in the South Island, so we have more kind of land. It's, yes. it's very picturesque. It's also beautiful. Um, okay, how do we get off on the New Zealand thing? Because oh, you said you came to New Zealand. <laughs> oh, yes, you were talking about the season. So you are yeah. currently in that. Um, which here, here's, what, here's the thing. So I think I had mentioned at some point, um, you know, I was working on a big project where I was doing some cooking videos and things. You're a project person. And so there's value yeah. in you having these two desks where for this number of weeks, while you are working on these seedlings, which are eventually going to go outside in the yard, correct? Yeah, um, yeah there's, there's value in having this open space for that. So there's nothing wrong with you using this for that. I'm curious, did you have to clean it off to have room for the seedlings? Well, this is the funny thing. So um, initially I had one desk by the window and one desk on the other end of the room where my pin board is, which has all my color swatches. Um, I like to have my color swatches up there so that I can see which goes with which. And then I thought, oh, I haven't got enough room for the seedlings. So what I actually did, I, I actually got stuck in, moved all the stuff into the hallway so I could move the <laughs> filing cabinet around and the desk yes. around and everything. And I actually did manage to get rid of some stuff because I had to, to move the desk. But still, I did not tackle the papers. The papers okay. are like the sacred elephant in the room that we know is, are there. All okay. the papers are there, all piled up. So, mm. 
So, you know, we talk about the purpose of the room and you had a this slash this slash this is kind of how you think of this room. Mm. Um, now, the problem is that you want it to be a workspace. So you yeah. want it to be something where right now it's for seedlings. Other times it's for sewing. Other times it's for, um, you know, your art and, you know, putting out your portfolio, all those different times of things and types of yeah. things. And so usability is your number one key here. Okay. Yeah. Now, it's, it's not ideal. Okay. And when I was, when I was reading your question, I was thinking it was one pile of paper that you had no idea what to do with, to deal with, but it sounds like it's boxes that need to be stored. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. So do you have a space elsewhere in your house where you could store them? Not, not that that space is open right now, but do you have a space that doesn't need to be used all the time like you want this space to be used all the time because they're keeping this space from being usable for you correct yes. Yes. yeah well ideally um there would be my garage okay garage. <laughs> that's another <laughs> issue because since my daughter has moved home a lot of her belongings are stored in there there's still room for my car but yeah that's my so you could put your you would love to put the boxes in the garage instead of in here and that would be something like climate wise that would be fine to do yes that would be fine and there's fantastic shelving in there but then i have another issue as well yes Um, i also have a rental property which is currently being used as an airbnb but i've decided to get rid of it because it causes me a lot of stress yeah um so uh, I'm actually just going to meet my real estate agent this morning and we're signing it off. She thinks that it will be sold in a week. She's very optimistic that it will just be snapped up because it's kind of in a city and it's a good investment property or good for first homeowners, which means that I'm then going to have to bring, put all the furniture somewhere. So that's probably going to go in my garage as well. So it's like okay, all well, these things are just coming at me. Are you going to start another Airbnb? No. Okay. So the bringing the furniture out of there is simply an issue of where's is it going to go? Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If it's furniture, do you love the furniture in the Airbnb? Um, well, there's only one piece of furniture that I really love and it's a chaise, a chaise lounge, and I'd really love to keep that one. So that but, one will be an issue of one in, one outing, space for space. Yes. Everything okay. else though can actually be sold and it could possibly... From the time somebody makes an offer, I could actually sell that and get it picked up even from there. So it doesn't even need to come back to my place. You know what I, would, I mean? I would make that the goal. I would, yes. I would be, because that's also a nice deadline because the reality of mm. selling stuff is if you don't have a deadline, it can just go on and on and on forever. Mm. Like, oh, I wonder if I could, I wonder if another time. But if you have the deadline of, I literally am not going to bring anything into my house except for the chaise lounge then, you know, I'm going to sell it from this location. Mm. I mean, is it easy for you to go meet people there to sell it? Absolutely. It's 10 minutes away from where yeah. I live. So, mm. so doing that and then even having, you know, a final, I don't know if you have garage sales or <laughs> how would you fit? Well, um, in New Zealand, we have this thing called Trade Me, which is like oh. your eBay. And basically okay. everyone goes there. And the other thing that New Zealanders do is they actually put their furniture on the side of the road. Yes. And people come and pick it up. 
So yeah. that's another option. But there's actually not much furniture around there because it's an Airbnb. It's really just got the most basic, stylish right. kind of furniture. I guess there's the beds. But I'm quite happy to donate the beds to the Women's Refuge or, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're good beds. So the Women's Refuge might have a, a need for them. There might be a family who are setting up somewhere. And they could probably take, they might be interested in everything. The fridge is only two years old. There might be wow. somebody that, but, you know, that's adding another complication to it. It is a complication. The other thing too is, you know, maybe even mention with your real estate agent that, uh, I mean, you know, I guess in my mind, I'm picturing an Airbnb is generally prettier than a normal house. You know? yes. And so yes. you walk into one, especially if you have new, you know, but mention to your real estate agent that um, I'm happy to sell anything that's in here. You know, uh, for, for, because I, I mean, I've known people who've, you know, had beautifully decorated houses and they said, yeah, I told the people when I bought the house that I wanted that, that, and that to stay um, Mm -hmm. and worked it into the deal on that, you know, and it it might even, uh, that could be included, you know, and if somebody's buying it for an Airbnb, they may want to keep the furnishings. I don't know, but just put Mm -hmm. that out there and then view that deadline, you know, view that deadline as that, because the truth is your goal has got to be, it's kind of one, it's like the visibility rule, how you focus on one area and then the goal is for that to then affect the rest of your house. So if we can kind of keep your focus on, I need my art studio, like this is your thing that helps your heart breathe freely, right? Is to, to be an artist and you have a perfect space and having that space is the thing that made you want this house. And so it's the thing that is also therefore likely one of your biggest frustrations to think that the reason I wanted this house, I'm not even making the most of that. I know that was for me a big thing. So, you know, keep your focus on that and say, what do I have to do to get this room without stuff shifting? What do I have to do to get this room taken care of? Well, I have to, first of all, I have to get these boxes out of here. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I want to put them in the garage. So what is in the, so I'm, because of that, I'm not going to bring the stuff home. I'm going to either sell it from there or donate it or put it on the curb or whatever. You know, I'm going to try to sell it, but I'm going to have that deadline and Mm -hmm. it's, it's going to be gone. So it won't come into the house. So what is in the garage that needs to be eliminated to make room because we're talking about container concept, to make room on the shelves for these boxes? Uh, well, there's actually quite a big pile of belongings that aren't mine. Oh, that, yeah. Um, probably aren't even wanted anymore by the person who owns them. Would that so be your daughter? Uh, some of my daughter's belongings, yes. Okay. Mm. okay. Is there anything that's yours? Um, yes. At the back corner of of the garage is my sentimental pile to be gone through. <laughs> so that's all my daughter's drawings, baby clothes. I mean, it's embarrassing talking about it. Um, you know. And then there's um, business stuff. So it could be um, some more boxes from different things I was involved with. So it's a lot of sentimental things that are in your yeah, spot. Okay, so what things. is your goal for the sentimental stuff? Is it to store it? Is it to display it? Is it to make something out of it? Um, well, my daughter and I were going to sort through it when she gets a moment. Her, her end of year exams are happening, so you never oh, wow. know. And then we were going to kind of create some kind of album 
of different things. That know, sounds like, really fun. That yeah, sounds like a fun project. <laughs> yes, because we don't actually, you know, we haven't actually had any hard copy photographs for about the past 15 years right. or 10 years. We got, all got digital cameras. We just don't get photos printed out. So we thought it would be really fun to, and I've got um, family history stuff, you know, like going back to ancestors from England and all oh, sorts wow. of, so I, I intend to actually sort that out and give that to my niece who's, she has that interest. And I've got some quite old photos of like my great grandmother who was one of the first women in the world to vote. And, you know, that's, significant to our family you know what I mean exciting yeah 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 so I don't want to I don't want to sort of get rid of all of that stuff but it definitely needs to be filed and um you want to that's treasure another it. project, yes. Right. But that's another project. Well, and I, I know what you're saying. That's a that's a project and it's daunting, but mm. at the same time, those projects are going to move you forward in your decluttering process. Mm. And the problem sometimes is that a daunting project that also feels important and a little bit fun. <laughs> and mm. like something that you maybe know you could really get into and enjoy. Sometimes it's easy to put off that project because you think, I really don't have time to do that because my, you know, my studio space is such a disaster. Mm. And so I don't deserve to get to do this because my studio space is a disaster. But then you don't do the studio space because that's overwhelming. And, you know, so it's this whole cycle. And so it's like, I'm going to stop the cycle and start making some progress. So going to that corner and saying, what in this space is the easiest of all of these daunting projects. That is such a great idea. You know, just when you were saying that I was thinking, you know, when you were little and you had all your vegetables on your plate and you weren't allowed to have any pudding until you'd eaten your vegetables, it's exactly the same thing. I'm actually not allowed to do any of the fun things that I really want to do, like even my own art and my own work, until I've dealt with the miserable old, taxation pile yes I mean it's exactly the same situation isn't it it is and and if you think of it as okay what is a project in this that if I tackle this project it's going to free up the space for one box and if I will tackle this project and I'm going to enjoy it okay Mm -hmm. I mean you know and those things generally not always but generally take less time than you thought they were going to take you know, and maybe even do the easy version of that project. Like Mm. I'm going to sort out uh, the things I'm going to give to my niece. I'm going to sort out, you know, this, I'm going to, you know, and and container concept and all of that. Like you talked about your daughter's artwork, you know, Mm. I know I'm not sure what kind of artwork, but like for photographs, one of the things that I did was I bought a really nice album, like a super nice album, leather, and um, it's big, you know, so I can put big stuff in there. And then I put those in there. Well, that's its own container. So, mm. you know, that becomes a fun project co- to go through your daughter's artwork to then put in a nice album. And then it frees up the large box that maybe it was in. And then you can put one box of tax stuff there and then say, okay, what other project can I go ahead and tackle to put another one there? And with each thing that you do, it's going to start to build that momentum. You know what? Thank you, Dana, because I've just had a light bulb go off. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, it's probably the space that I've got my sentimental items to be sorted in 
is probably the same size space that I need for my tax boxes. So what I really should do is quickly get the tax stuff just roughly, they're already in containers, as I've told you, roughly kind of reboxed a lot of them and move them to that corner where the sentimental stuff is and then bring the sentimental stuff in to actually have the fun with and sort, like you say, to give to my niece or to albumize or whatever. Because that, that space is where you would do that anyway, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. But of course, the boxes are in the way. Right. But the, the boxes could fit in that corner where the sentimental stuff is. And the sentimental stuff deserves to be in your favorite room in the house. Yeah. Much more exactly. than those boxes. Mm. I mean, taxes, blah, right? <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. And is there, and you mentioned that other things have been attracted by the piles, you know, yeah. things like clothing and all that. To, I think to remember that that stuff is most likely easier stuff than you think. Mm. And just to go in and go through the decluttering process, you know, do the, mm. do the trash, you know, grab the trash bag or whatever recycling mm. bin that you have and just try to make it a little bit less by a little bit less by a little bit less you know, to reduce that feeling of overwhelm. And I think, I think you're going to be happy if you switch those things out, but also then give yourself permission to do the project and call it decluttering, you know, because it really is. Because once it's in the album, not only is it in a contained space, it's now a finished project and it's not weighing on your mind anymore. Sometimes I don't think we give enough value to how much that, undone left to do kind of stuff can't do this till I do that all that really can weigh on us emotionally and mentally which mm. makes you know which makes creating art harder it does it does yeah, yeah. Um, I, I literally don't have the physical space but also the kind of the mental space mm -hmm. to tackle what I really really want to do and I and I do want to with all the sentimental stuff my great-grandmother's photos and things like that yeah that's really what I want to do and I want to do that in a creative and beautiful way you know you want to do that you want to honor your ancestors in a in a beautiful way and then maybe people like my niece or whoever it is that chooses to take it will also you know really really enjoy it because it's got a little bit of me on it as well yes I love that hmm. well I hope that's helpful it's very helpful. Thank you. That's well, amazing. I, I, hope, I hope that it can free you, can mm. free you to, to move forward. Um, so let's talk. Yeah. I mean, did we basically cover, <laughs> did we cover your first two questions with that one? Or did you yes. have more that you wanted to talk about in those? Yes, we did. Yes, actually, um, yeah, that we've definitely covered that. Uh, I'm just so blown away that it's such a simple solution. And even thinking about the clothes and the other things that have migrated to the, pop, the top of the pile, a lot of them is stuff that are actually in there because I don't like them and will never wear them again. And they can either be donated for rags, because in New Zealand, even rags are useful. They, I don't know what they do with them, but there's some place in Wellington in the North Island that takes them and apparently they... Um, rip them all up and it becomes upholstery stuffing or something or other so even you can even whatever condition you can donate things they they really don't care 
So even think, mind you, think what I think is rags might still be quite stylish to someone else. Who right. Knows? <laughs> but um, yeah, so there's stuff that I will never wear again because I've just, I'm over it. That will probably, and also clothes actually, when they're in a pile, they do kind of take a lot of space. They yes. really take a lot more space than, than they need to, which will mean, of course, that they will free up a lot of space. So well, and I, I think suddenly too- feel like it's possible now. I, yeah, and I think with every, with every box or bag of clothing that you remove, you're going to see that visible difference. So I do encourage you to take that before picture. Like take a picture as soon as we're done here, even though you don't want to look at that picture. Take a picture so that with every, you know, five minutes of work that you do to bag up some clothing and put it in your car to go donate it or call or, you know, have it picked up or whatever it is that you do with every five minutes that you do it, the minute you realize I need to go switch to something else, take another picture and compare them and see mm. the improvement that's being made. Because that's one of the hardest things with such an overwhelmingly, you know, full space is it may take a while for you to actually be done for you to get it to that point where it's the studio that you want it to be. Mm. But every little bit of progress is what's going to help spur you on to keep going and keep, keep working in that space. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think it took me three or four hours just to, just to move everything out into the hallway so I could rearrange the tables for the seedlings, you know, and then put everything back again. Um, Cause I couldn't leave it in the hall, but some stuff I did get rid of that day. So that felt really good. But yeah, I did take some before photos and God. Oh, they're just so depressing to look at. I know, but you um, have to, you have to compare them with the after, yeah. you know, compare them with the later photo or whatever, yeah. but also to know that because you have this end goal and I'm like, everything I'm going to do in this space is to turn it into a studio, yeah. meaning great idea that every, you know, so instead of just moving stuff out into the hall, instead I'm going to deal with the clothes, get the clothes mm. completely and totally out, not just moved somewhere else, but completely out of the house. And then I'm going to get these boxes moved out, you know, and, and most likely the feelings that you're going to have toward the sentimental stuff that you bring in there are going to be very different than you're feeling toward boxes of tax stuff. Mm. And so mm. you may, you know, place them more neatly somewhere or, you know, whatever. So overall, it'll probably, probably help with that. So the third situation, as you had put it, was how to finish the jobs. And yeah. Um, yeah, so it's ultimately the finishing never happens until the incremental progress, you know, mm. that eventually brings about the finishing. But um, okay, well, tell us um, what, what would you like oh, to say? Um, oh, there's something. <laughs> um, oh, I, I recently painted my hallway and my daughter found this thing on my phone where you can actually record videos, but at super speed. So that's what I actually, and it was really amazing watching me, you know, stripping the wallpaper, painting the hallway and all that kind of thing. And that would actually be a really fun thing to have on so that I can watch myself. I mean, you know, right? so bad, but so that I can watch myself later and yes. fast and fast motion or whatever it's called, super speed, doing the decluttering and sorting. I think that would be very, very cool as an alternative or as an addition to a before and after photo. I love it. No, that would be, I would love to see that. Yes, that would be quite fun. I, yeah, that would be fun. That would be motivating. Love it. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about or that you hoped we would talk about? Oh, the Airstream. 
So, <laughs> so I've got the Airstream coming and it will be parked on my driveway. It's 31 feet long. You know, so then I've got more things now on my property, all these things. You know what I mean? Um, so what is what are you going to use the Airstream for? Well, I thought I could Airbnb it. So, Would it stay um, in your driveway to Airbnb I, it? Well, I initially looked at hiring it out. And then I just, when I looked into the insurance, the insurance doesn't cover the worst case scenario. So that means that if somebody um, that I was hiring it to drove it somewhere and damaged it, it wouldn't actually be covered. So I decided mm. I didn't really want to take that risk. Yeah. So um, I thought that I could actually Airbnb it or I could use, use it for my English lessons and for filming YouTube videos for my English lessons and things like that because it would always be, you know, quite empty. But it's another thing on my driveway. So, um, <laughs> so it's another thing on my property. So it's, <laughs> I seem to just be accumulating all these things into my life. Did you win it? Is that right? I won it. Yes, I won it. I, I didn't buy it. I won it. And um, that's amazing. Yeah, it's 31 feet long. It's been fully renovated. So it's a big shiny airstream. So do you have fear of it being something else that causes? Um, I, I have fear that it's going to turn into a, um, a big thing where things get put. Mm -hmm. I want to keep it empty. I want yes. to keep it Sort of well, and the best way for it to stay empty or for it to stay as it is, is what you've already said, which is determining mm -hmm. the purpose. And mm -hmm. maybe that purpose is the, the thought to me of having a place to do my work. <laughs> like that's my dream. You know? mm -hmm. Like, I mean, that's, that's a wonderful, you know, to, to have this separate space for your teaching your your English students and doing the videos and all, you know, having that as your workspace, that's, that's wonderful, you know, um, and, it, and to think that you could be able to do that and then have your art studio so that you don't have your work and your art in the same place. That's that would be wonderful. Yeah. And, but, or if you're not for sure that that's where you want to go, then, you know, you can, it can be temporary, right. To, to rent mm. it out as an Airbnb. Yeah. Um, but I would say that the goal would be, give it a purpose, make, you know, name it, what is it going to be so that it doesn't become a, because I, I totally understand the fear of that temptation for it to be a place to stick stuff. Like I completely understand that, but if it's furnished too, like, does it have, you said it is furnished or it's not furnished? It's, yes. It's been fully renovated. So it has a, it has a, a bed at one end, a toilet and a shower. Then it has benches along the side for, you know, it's got a cooking bench and it's kind of got another high bench with, I don't know, plugs, I guess you could put your laptop or something on there or sit there like kind of, what do you call them? Breakfast bars, you know? Yes. And then it's got more storage space. And then at the other end, it really is huge on the inside. It's like a tiny house. And then at the other end, it, the other end um, it's got a booth style seating area um, with the table in the middle. And then that table can go down and that can also convert to a bed. And I thought that that would be the end that would get the most light. So it would be ideal for my students to sit around the table. I could bring in my whiteboard and just conduct my lessons around that. And it would have fantastic light. And as I said, it would be great for YouTube videos. And That's mm. wonderful. And you're not, um, are you currently doing your lessons in at my kitchen, kitchen table, okay. yes, at my kitchen table. So 
Um, I actually have my, my first students on Monday and Wednesday come at 5.30. So that means that we have to really hurry up. I have to start cooking, you know, like about 4 or 4.30. And then we have to hurry up and eat. Well, not really. We don't really hurry when we eat. But, you know, I mean, we, then I have to clear the table, wipe the table, you know, do the dishes or, or put, make it so that the kitchen that we can see doesn't look like a total bomb site. Right. you know which it can do after cooking so it would actually be really nice to just be able to leave those dishes on the table and um and then just go into the airstream and have my lessons there mm. that would be yeah. lovely wouldn't that be? it sounds lovely mm. <laughs> I really, yeah. like i, I want to hear how that goes yeah and then of an evening you know i could go back to my studio which would all be clear yes and i could sit down at my desk and do some drawing or Something nice, some sewing. Yeah. Sounds idyllic. It It does sound idyllic. It sounds like there is a lot of there is a lot of exciting motivation for you. Definitely. Definitely. Mm. Thank you so much, Dana. Well, thanks for doing this interview with me. Um Mm -hmm. I do want to ask, like, are you a book, podcast, um, Uh, blog person? I like listening to podcasts when I'm cleaning the Airbnb. And, um, yeah, I do like listening to, to podcasts. Um, I also have your book and I have the digital book. So I have it on. I actually bought it. Let's see. This is me all over again. I bought it when it was on a dollar sale for my iPad or for Apple Books. I've also got it on Kindle. <laughs> and I think I've also got your audio book on Audible. So, I mean, you know. I well, I appreciate that. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> so I'm a, I'm a paid up supporter. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much. That, mm, I you. really do appreciate that. So, mm. well, um, but what do you love about being a kindred spirit? Um, I really love the Facebook page. Um, I've been enjoying your last few um, podcasts. So um, that the kindred, the ones that we get for being the Patreon members. Do you mean the Zoom calls? Are they on Zoom? Yes. I Oh, talking about the large that's no, okay are you talking about the large group where everybody's talking no i'm talking about the podcast that you sent through i haven't even heard the large group where's that hmm. well so i keep telling people i'm not guaranteeing that we're doing this every month but oh. <laughs> we've done um a zoom call i think three times now and i'm trying to do them at different times of the day so that people in different time zones can participate at some point over three months and so, you know, we've gotten on and, and those I'm sending out the recording of that to the Patreon only podcast oh. feed. So, and then I've, I did put the first time was so spur of the moment, but the other times I have put in the Patreon, like letting you know when the, the Zoom call is going to be, if you're able mm. to join. So anyway, watch oh, for those. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe, yeah, I will. Maybe the one that I listened to was just your regular podcast then. Yeah. I'll have to go back and look into that. I'm a bit out of touch lately. I understand completely. Okay, yes. <laughs> but thank you so much for coming on. I have enjoyed this so much. I've enjoyed getting to know you and hearing about your situation. And thank I look know. forward to hearing how things go. Thank you. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> now, I've, got, I've got a method of operandi now so I can, I can get cracking. All right. Did you guys love that? 
I mean, how bad was my accent? No, you don't have to answer that. Anyway, um, but let's talk. I promised you at the beginning that if you are interested in either becoming a writer or you just love behind the scenes kind of stuff, um, or if you just maybe you're building an online business and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, what I'm going to do is I am going to do a paid, yes, it's paid. I'm just saying that up front webinar. Okay. Meaning I am going to do a live video webinar and I'm going to basically talk through my writing journey from the beginning. And and I'm not just going to tell you all this happened to me, but I mean, like, these are the things that I maybe didn't understand. And then I did understand and it made a huge impact on growing what has turned into a career where I really do get to support myself by being a writer. So anyway, I I basically it's the game changers along the way. Y'all know game changing is my favorite word ever. Anyway, but that I'm not for sure what I'm going to charge. It's probably going to be about $25. I don't know. Um, and there, and I know I have a little bit funny charging for that, but again, plumbing, and that's part of my motivation <laughs> to go ahead and do this when it's been requested many times, but I'm like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and do it. Cause we got to pay our emergency fund back. But anyway, um, here's the thing. I, this is not like a, Hey, come to this webinar. And then you're going to start getting emails, um, trying to sell you something later. Like this is all it is. Like, I don't have time to, be a writing mentor for anybody. I'm so sorry, y'all. I really don't though. I mean, like I I simply do not have the time. Otherwise I wouldn't be able to actually write, which is what I do for you guys. So because of that, uh, this is it. Like it's a one-off, you know, and you can opt out of my email list or whatever. I mean, like it's just this one time, you know, what I'm planning on doing is doing a two hour thing because I had, I did do it for some, a, a writing group and, um, talked for like, two hours. Anyway, um, so I'm going to do like a two hour thing and it's going to be, um, then we'll come back in a week and you guys can send in your questions from the live one. And then in a week I will do another session, probably an hour where I answer people's specific questions regarding what I had talked about the time before. Um, so again, it's not to sell you something later. I'm not, I mean, you guys, okay. Over COVID, I know I'm rambling now, but over COVID I signed up for something like I did this webinar and it was free. And it was something I was kind of interested in. And I was like, oh, this is cool. You guys, the email I got after I about my jaw hit the ground, like not literally, but it felt like it did. The course that they wanted to sell me was like $600. And I was like, oh my word. So that is not what this is. Okay. It's like, and I know, I know $20, $25, whatever it is I end up charging is going to feel like what, but at the same time, you know, I mean, that's what you're going to pay to go to anything like this, really, if you were to go in person. I'm also going to have it set up so that you can do it later on your own time and not do it live. That's perfectly fine. But if you want to be there live, you know, go ahead and you're listening to this in real time, <laughs> go ahead and go to a slobcomesclean.com slash write, W-R-I-T-E. And that will give you um, an email sign up so that you can be on a specific email list to make sure that you know when it's coming up. My plan is for this to happen in November. We'll see. Okay. But it's, that's my plan. So anyway, all right. Just letting you guys know about that at slobcomesclean.com slash write. And don't forget all of my digital products or most of them. You can go to a slobcomesclean.com slash products. Yeah, products with an S and use the code plumbing and get 50% off of those for right now. Okay, 
I will talk to you guys later. Bye. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.